Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hello, Wizards fans. Welcome into another Believe in Wizards podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Got what I hope is a really fun and interesting episode for everybody out there. I know a lot of folks are focused on college football, pro football, all those things from you know most of the fall and winter and kind of don't get into college basketball too much until March. So what does that mean for us as Wizards fans? Well, it seems like the Wizards are going to end up with another lottery pick here. So be good to be informed. And I think for anybody who hasn't seen a lot of these prospects that we're going to be talking about over the next couple months, that could uh, you know, end up being eventual Wizards, I think a great way to see them is in a meaningful game in the NCAA tournament. So what we're going to do for you here over the next two episodes is go through each of the potential lottery picks that are playing in the first round of the NCAA tournament and guys that should be available in the Wizards general range. We'll talk about a few of the other bigger names that are probably unattainable for the Wizards, but mostly this is going to be mid to late lottery picks, maybe some folks that are kind of sliding toward the middle of the first round that could potentially move up, you know, that sort of thing. And realistically, we just want to break them down for you and tell you where you can find them come tournament time. So uh, first piece of this will be the players that are going to be playing in Thursday games this Thursday, the first round of the NCAA tournament. And then the second piece will be uh, just following up with the folks that are going to be playing on Friday. So I've got Bryce Hendricks joining me today. Bryce is a writer for Roll Call Sports. He's a draft analyst for the Rise Network. And he's one of the co-hosts of the Upside Swings podcast. If you want more in-depth draft coverage, uh, check them out. They do a really good job. I'm pretty sure Bryce has watched every single minute that people like Jaden Ivey and Johnny Davis have both played this year. If you're not familiar with those names, you will be by the end of these uh, next two episodes. So stay tuned for that. But he can talk about these players at a deeper level than I can. And I like to think I watch a lot of college basketball. So uh, he's the right man for the job here. We're going to hit him uh, fast and furious here. And This won't be like the deepest dive ever because, you know, it is only March. So we've got plenty of times to really break them uh, down as we get closer to the draft. But at least this should kind of orient everybody, give you an idea of who are the names you want to pay attention to that you might be seeing in a Wizards uniform longer term. Or, you know, are there guys you should be excited about or aren't excited about that sort of thing? Uh, So stay with us and uh, let us know what you think. Who are the names that that you were interested in? And then after the fact, you know, post first round of the tournament, let us know which ones you end up watching, what you thought of them, all that good stuff. Uh, But before we get to the convo with Bryce, let's just hear from our sponsor, Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. And if you're looking to wager this season, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with the greatest contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now let's get to our conversation with Bryce. I'm pleased to be joined by Bryce Hendricks. Bryce, thanks for coming on and, and talking a little draft with me right before the NCAA tournament here. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for thinking of me to come on this. I, I always have a blast and uh, it's exciting times. This is definitely, I've, I have about 12 brackets and 12 different challenges right mm-hmm. now. So it's, it's exciting times for sure. Uh, anybody that likes to nerd out and watch a ton of college basketball or international prospects or all that good stuff. Like this is like basically Christmas, you know, like it's the first, like I'm not first, but you know, it's a meaningful collection of all these guys all in one place. So I thought for a lot of Wizards fans who maybe haven't been paying attention to college basketball, this would be a good opportunity for them to kind of get up to speed quickly. And the Wizards are slated somewhere between probably like the 11th pick, realistically, unless we magically get lucky for a change and and jump up into the top four. Maybe they can move up to 10, but uh, we've kind of tailored today's discussion on the lottery-ish picks uh, that are going to be playing in Thursday's first round game. So the first one I got on my board here is Number nine, Memphis taking on number eight, Boise State. The game is at 1.45 p.m. Eastern time. And I I think the real sort of prospect of note uh, in this game for Memphis is Jalen Duran, big center, young guy, freshman. Bryce, what do you think about Jalen and and what should people uh, know about him as a prospect? I think the first thing to hit on with Jalen is that he's just like a special athlete for for his size. And it shows up on like a like the highlight reel, you know, you're going to see some masterful blocks and crazy dunks, but it's also like he uses it really well on a play to play possession basis. Like he is an excellent deterrent at the rim. Uh, Memphis is a really good defense. They have some other good defensive players around him, but a lot of it is Durant is is huge in the middle and guys don't want to try and finish over him because he will, he will block it and he will like Block it in an embarrassing fashion. You will feel embarrassed for just getting it absolutely smacked off the backboard or off back off you, whatever it is. He he can just get up for some. Um, and then I think the sell with him as a potential lottery guy isn't just the athleticism, it's the athleticism mixed with the flashes he has on offense. Um, he's shown a bit of a face-up game in the post, which is we don't think of post-up players being super valuable anymore, but specifically, I think for young athletic bigs, having a face-up game is huge yeah. because it shows that they can maybe eventually mm-hmm. step out Move and, out and do that thing. from the yeah from the elbow or from the free throw line extended mid-post area. That's a valuable offensive play if you can just blow by someone. He has good touch around the rim, and then the passing is really interesting. Uh, he has a really good sense for for hitting backdoor cutters or if to go to a backdoor cutter, seeing the open shooter. Um, I wouldn't call him a super advanced passer right now, but for his athleticism, age, and archetype, the passing is really, really promising. And I don't think the guys on his team are like especially creative cutters and things like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to make any like unreal reads as the center. And and I think it's worth noting if anybody goes and they look up his box score or something like that, the, the numbers don't like maybe totally pop off the charts, but He's playing on a team without a point guard. So I think point, you know, like that's helpful for context for a guy that kind of can't create for himself. So he's averaging like 12 points a game. He's been drastically better the second half of the season. So this is a guy we've seen get better, which is always nice. But I think basically you're drafting at least now a a big athlete, big wingspan, lob threat, rim protector type uh, with, you know, potential to maybe get better and show more over time. Is that fair? 
Yeah, for sure. I think a big thing that's been, you've talked about a second half being better. Memphis has started, they've started starting Alex Lomax, who yeah. is actually like a real point guard. He's not incredible, but he'll make the easy reads and pick he's and sufficient. roll. Yeah. He's, he's a good college point guard yeah. rather than starting. And this isn't to say anything horrible about him, but rather than starting a Moni Bates, who is very much not a point guard at the point guard spot. Alex Lomax has really opened up the floor for Duran made those passes. If, if I was going to, you know, sell him as like a top 10 pick to Wizards fans, I would say there's probably like a 75% chance he's a top 10 center in the NBA in his prime. It is up for you to decide how valuable that is, because obviously there's a lot of talk, even last year with Evan Mobley and Jalen Green at the top of bigs just being less valuable in general. I'm someone who does sometimes subscribe to that, but Duran. I think is really going to like, he has a high likelihood of being a top 10 center with his instincts and athleticism and passing flashes uh, that I just think if, if you want that on your team, he's definitely lottery worthy. I always try to look at prospects as like a, here's the case for if they like they hit on the pick or the case against, I think that's the case for the case against is maybe he never is able to shoot it. And he's just sort of limited to a lob threat, which is still valuable. You can't really put it on the floor too much at this point. He is a little turnover happy. And he, I don't think I, I saw some stat earlier in the year. I don't know if this is still true, but like he physically had not scored a basket with his left hand all season, which is like almost hard to do for somebody that close to the rim that much of the time. So there, there is still some work to do. He is raw. And we saw with like James Wiseman, somebody with physical tools, like, you know, he hasn't played a ton yet, so can't write him off, but like, it, it's not like immediate translatable success, I guess. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. I will say, I, I think there is a bit of difference with, with Duran and Wiseman in that Duran's uh, feel, I think is a, is a solid like step above where mm-hmm. Wiseman's was, but I, I definitely get what you're saying where it's, uh, especially, you know, Wiseman has been hampered with injuries. You definitely worry about that with, with a big who relies so much on athleticism, but Duran has a lot in his favor. And I think specifically for the Wizards, he would be an interesting fit with sort of what you guys have around him, uh, if, especially looking at the younger players on your roster. Yeah, I mean, maybe he gives you a little bit of what Gafford does. And he's just like, he looks like a beast. Like this guy is like maybe the most imposing freshman age player I've seen since like Dwight Howard was young. You know, like it's it's pretty wild to look at him and go, oh shit, like this guy is 18 years old. And I think he he's will He's a young be- freshman too. He's yeah, he'll be 18 us. on draft night, which is was pretty good. All right, moving to the next game on our slate here. Uh, number one, Baylor takes on Norfolk State at 2 p.m. Eastern. Got two guys in this game I, I think that are kind of worth talking about. Maybe let's start with Kendall Brown, 6'8 wing, also a freshman. Be 19 on draft night. Again, this is another like the box score doesn't really kind of show the impact he has. I, I think what you're looking at is a switchable wing defender with some sort of connective tissue ball movement skills but the passing is probably the best part of his offensive game passing and cutting maybe finishing uh the the shooting and and ball handling maybe still has a work you know is a work in progress yeah i think um a quick maybe analogy for wizards fantasy he's almost like if you just like supercharged denny avdia's calves uh, i literally said this in a an earlier podcast i said if if denny avdia could actually dunk and or Denny Avdia was the most athletic person in the NBA. That's basically what we're talking about. Like Kendall Brown is that kind of athlete, right? Yeah, no, he's a special athlete. I would say he's in the mix for top three athlete in this class with Duren and Jaden Ivey. Just really effortless bounce off one or two. 
if I were to guess, you could probably dunk from the free throw line. Honestly, I'm sure he 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 just and it's it's versatile too. Like he has open court speed and, and he can get up for those sort of lobs and transition. He has a little bit of change of pace and change of direction. Like he can hit cuts pretty hard. And he's the burst is is iffy. It always like there's very few six, eight, six, nine people who are like uber elite burst guys. But sure. uh I think it's gonna be good enough that you can't guard him with slower footed guys. And then the passing is really, really, really fun. It's not rewarded with a lot of assists because Baylor doesn't shoot very well. Not how they play, yeah. Yeah, and and he only gets to do it in flashes because he doesn't have the ball handling or Baylor doesn't go to him a lot to be like a main creator. But I mean, like right-handed corner skips, he has, he can make dump offs. He can do a lot of different things with his passing. I think something that's really untapped for him uh, at Baylor is that I think he can be a really good transition passer. And he just, he hasn't really shown that because Baylor doesn't run very often. But I think Kendall is a really interesting bet. Uh, the defense is going to have to tighten up, but you know, it's hard to bet against like physical tools and high feel on defense at a certain point. He's, he's probably going to figure it out. I don't know if he's ever going to be an on-ball stopper because he plays really upright. He's really stiff, but I think the the off-ball defense could be there and, and the rim protection at his size. I, I think Kendall Brown is one of those guys, like for Wizards fans, we talk a lot about like lacking athleticism on our roster for the most part here. And the guys we have had that are pretty athletic, other than maybe Daniel Gafford, they don't really like use that athleticism. Like Tomas Sadoransky has like a 40 inch vertical jump and no one would know that because it's just not how he plays. Kendall Brown is a guy that you, like will definitely let you know that he might be the best athlete on the court during an NBA game. And if he's a guy that won a dunk contest, like it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's just, he's, he's really fascinating to watch because I think he can be really versatile with how you use him on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton, a ton of wizards to know how I don't blame you. How uh, how Wes Unseld is as a creative offensive mind, but we have we have no idea either as a fan base. So you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not behind the curve. <laughs> but uh, I I think you know it, you can do a lot of creative things with him on offense. Uh, I think he could be a really versatile role man. You know he doesn't set good screens, but honestly, very few NBA players do at this point. But he can he could be a lob threat off the roll. He could probably play well in the short roll. And then I think he's also a bet on upside because. The handle has its moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has good ball control. He just doesn't have a lot of shift. Yeah. So when when it's a six nine guy who's a really good athlete, I'd probably rather see that ball control and and think you can maybe um, you can maybe scale that up a little bit as time goes. He's on. He's a guy that could grab and go and confidently like move the ball up the court, and you wouldn't be worried about him like dribbling off his foot or something. Yeah, comfortably. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be a real grab and go threat in the NBA. He's he doesn't do it at all at Baylor, but I think in the NBA in a more freedom, you know, a week with more freedom than, than college basketball, he's going to, he's going to be a real grab and go threat all the time. And he's somebody that despite being six, eight has the quickness, or at least the length and athleticism, I think to stay in front of guards and be switched on them and, and be respectable, but he could also guard some power forwards and things like that. Maybe even some small ball five. So like the defensive versatility, I think is probably, even if he's not like, uh, defensive player of the year as an on-ball defender, he's a guy that you could put in a lot of spots and, and he would just kind of up your overall team defense, I would think. Yeah, for sure. I think I think the bet with Kendall Brown is that he's going to find a way to be valuable on mm-hmm. both ends, even if it's not necessarily the traditional way. 
but his mix of athleticism and and passing and, and general court awareness is, is pretty rare. You know, we don't see it very often, definitely not every draft. So uh, I think he's a type of guy who, especially where the Wizards are at as sort of this mid-tier team, uh, Kendall Brown is probably going to be around where they're drafting. I think he makes a lot of sense as a get some upside on the roster, just some, just some high level potential where maybe this guy could be a, you know, an all-star sub all-star and, and really be a building block for the next generation of the next contending wizards team. I think this is somebody that maybe could even play a little bit now because he doesn't need the ball to impact the game. Like if you've got Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis all on the court at the same time, like somebody that, can finish plays and doesn't need to shoot uh, also could be valuable too. I guess the big thing here is, you know, if everybody wants a three and D wing, he is shooting close to 40% from three on the season, but it is literally on like one attempt per game. Do you buy that? He can be like a decent enough shooter longer term. I think he can get there. Um, the form is like, he has a really wide base, but it's consistent. He's he's it's the same shot every time he, he just doesn't have a ton of confidence in it. Yeah. And I trust NBA teams to get someone's confidence up. And, and it's not like a broken jumper. He's never going to be a high volume, high efficiency guy. But I think he'll hit some spot ups in the corner, uh, can maybe extend that out to the wing. And, and just he's the guy you're hoping can shoot enough that the rest of the game is opened up for him. Wizards fans right now are probably cringing a little bit at the idea of getting a player to play with confidence because for us, Denny Avdia has been like the least confident offensive player uh, we've had in a very long time. So hopefully this is not that situation. I like Kendall Brown. If we were picking somewhere on like 14, I'd like it even more. If we were at like 10, I do think there are probably slightly better guys maybe available. Uh, let's talk a little bit about his partner in crime here and just pivot uh, to Jeremy Sohan, another 6'8-ish, 6'9-ish forward. Again, we'll be right around 19 on draft night. Uh, again, the box score is not overly impressive, but these are guys that are sort of playing their particular role on their team as like switchable, long athletic defenders. So he averages about nine points, six rebounds, one and a half assists, that sort of thing. He is a slightly less effective three-point shooter, but I think Sohan's even maybe more interesting to me than Kendall Brown, I, just because I, I don't really know what he is yet, and, and I'm not sure... I know like, you know, how his career could progress the same way. Like Kendall Brown, I can see kind of the the blueprint there. Uh, what, what do you think of Sohan? What is he? Like, help me kind of figure this guy out a little bit. I think you and I have a similar problem with Sohan a little bit because he is good at a lot of the same things as Kendall Brown, but like much less of an athlete, mm -hmm. but probably currently a better player. So it's sort of like a weird divide. Um but still a pretty good athlete, right? Like, no, no, he's a, still a good athlete. athlete. Yeah. But he's not, at, it, it's not really that <laughs> big of an insult to say he's yeah. not as good of an <laughs> right. exactly. athlete as Kendall Brown. I don't think he is a driver though. Like, like I kind of project Kendall Brown to be, he doesn't have great burst and he's not a great open court athlete. And he does need to load a little bit. Kendall Brown is just sort of, he has springs in his heels. So he needs to load to jump. I think the main sell with Sohan is that long-term he could be one of the best off-ball defenders in the NBA. He just, he reads the floor really well on defense, mm -hmm. pretty consistently in the right spot. Uh, good help defender at the rim, at the nail as well. Can just It's just versatile off the ball defensively. And then he moves well enough and is strong enough that you could see him guarding big wings in the NBA as well. So you're, you're sort of betting on that versatility on defense and then just 
figuring out something on offense. The offense has been really inconsistent with Baylor. The passing has flashes, but I don't think he's the passer Kendall Brown is, mm-hmm. and he's much more stationary as a passer. He likes to jump stop or pick up his dribble before he makes a read or doesn't dribble at all and just kind of stands wherever he's at looking to make the right read. And the shot is similarly questionable with Sohan. And I would say probably substantially worse right now. I, I think so too. And and the, again, limited attempts, but the numbers bear it out. He's sub 30% on like two and a half attempts per game. So somewhere in that ballpark, I think. Uh, so yeah, I'm totally with you there. To me, like Kendall Brown is more of like a three, four. And Sohan is more of like a four or five. Does that seem like a reasonable differentiator? I think that's fair. I don't trust either of them to play consistent minutes at the five defensively, sure. unless you're in just a pure switch everything scheme, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see the Wizards doing yeah, at any agree. point. But um, I think what he could do is be a, he, I think he could do a lot for the Wizards defensively as that sort of backside rim protecting four. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't really have that. You know, that's not Rui. That's not Corey Kispert. If you wanted to bring, Kristaps to the level, or if he was sort of drawn out on a side, he could be that guy back there to help. And he communicates really well. Uh, he's, I think Sohan is a bet on someone who just is young and is super smart, like just very high field basketball. He's constantly like, he's kind of Grant Williams. If you remember Grant Williams mm-hmm. in college was always yelling the scheme, yelling everything that was going on. You can see that with Sohan too. It's every single play. He's trying to communicate with everyone. You like that guy on your team. You do. I just have worries about how much the offense scales. I just, Same. I, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough bet because if he doesn't shoot and he doesn't like, he can't really dribble a ton. You're just kind of talking about a bad offensive player. And then you have to be so good defensively. And he doesn't really have like elite physical tools on defense. He it's entirely a bet on his intelligence and in that he is six nine and strong, but he doesn't have elite like elite bounce, elite quickness, elite length, anything like that. I like referred to him as like poor man's Kenyon Martin, you know, somebody that could like be a weak side defender, he could help, he could finish plays, he could catch lobs and things like that. But that's probably the extent of it. He's like a skinny guy, but he does seem like he'll bang around with people. I think the communication thing is huge. Uh, every Wizards post-game press conference now, we talk about how there's no communication on defense. So somebody like that as like a connective tissue on defense, I, I think would be good. All right, let's pivot to our next game here. We've got number three, Tennessee, taking on 14, Longwood. They play, again, 2.45 p.m. And not really maybe a lottery prospect-ish right now, but point guard Kennedy Chandler, I think by the time we get to the draft, this is somebody that could rise up boards a little bit, mostly because there just aren't a lot of point guards available. So if somebody needed a guard, which I think the Wizards do, he's somebody that might be kind of in the mix for them, especially if somebody traded down a couple picks or something like that. Uh, I'm going to give you my pick on or my take on Kennedy Chandler real quick, and you tell me if it's crazy or not. He's like really good. He's pretty quick. He's a decent athlete. He's a decent shooter. He's a decent ball handler. He's a decent passer. He wins at like every level, which is great, but he's just really small and he turns the ball over a decent amount. I just don't know if he's like good enough at any of those things to overcome the fact that he's, they list him at six feet tall, I think. And I'm not sure he actually is that tall. So like, that's just really tough to overcome in today's NBA. 
Yeah, uh, this is definitely the biggest concern with Chandler is that he's small. He's, if I were to guess, he's probably like five ten. Yeah, that would be my my guess on that. And he is, I would say, the one thing he's a little better at than you sold him out is that I think he's a really good athlete. Like okay. he has high level burst. He can't for someone who is five ten. He could finish above the rim. Yeah, he even can, in definitely traffic. seen some good dunks and stuff. That's fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, it's mostly off off one with the load up, but that's fine because I don't think he's going to be loading up off two anyways. <laughs> Catching lobs. To, to, <laughs> yeah, I, he's fast too in the open yeah. court. I think my worry is that if the shot isn't good, like the passing, you mentioned the passing, good not great. He he doesn't make high level reads really. He will make the pocket pass he'll make the backdoor cut if it's obvious he'll make the one pass away kick out but he's not throwing corner skips or really manipulating the defense with his passing he's a very reactive passer Mm -hmm. and then if he's not shooting at a high level that worries me uh i think he has good numbers this year i haven't i haven't checked in him in a while but it's the overall stat line here for you 14 points a game three rebounds a game four and a half assists 2.2 steals he does have really quick hands like maybe he's not always like the most disciplined defender but he's like a ball hawk i think and and like gonna pick your pocket if you're not paying attention he's 36 percent from three on 3.7 attempts he's a 62 percent free throw shooter which everybody always talks about the free throw shooting that does make me a little nervous i would say yeah and he's got a bit of a like a trebuchet jumper he kind of hops into it every time he's almost never one to him and he likes to point his his right hip to the rim and then his his right elbow is kind of at the rim but it does sometimes poke out and it just it's all sort of wrist and and forearm i just don't like it i think it's gonna it it, i don't know if he'll ever hit it over any contest it's gonna have to be uh wide open spot ups or the defense just goes way under the screen i like chandler i think there's upside there as like a really good defender who can get to the rim all the time. He kind of profiles to me as, as a more likely than not high level backup point guard, yeah, which is a fine sure. outcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I just, I think a lot of things have to click for him to be a starter and it ha- probably has to be in the right situation. Anyways, I'm not confident that's Washington. And I, I'm, I'm not confident those things are going to click for him no matter where it's at. He's a guy that like, I kind of like, I just wouldn't like here, you know, like we've, I think I got a little bit of PTSD about small backup point guards between having how will Neto and Ishmith the last couple of years. So to me, I, I wouldn't like to go that way, but I had another conversation with a friend about this who said like, Oh, he's like poor man's Chris Paul, which I don't get at all other than the size, but I did go and look and his stats this season are almost identical to Chris Paul's last year of college. So I did think that was kind of funny, but uh, I do not see that one personally. I'll also say really quickly with, Chandler, he's probably my my pick to click with March Madness, I think. Like there's a lot of Jalen Suggs to his like mm-hmm. winning mentality and yep. grit on defense. And Tennessee needs him. Yep. And I think Tennessee has a good path to maybe potentially the final four at the very least, probably the Elite Eight against Arizona, which is going to be an awesome game if that happens. And I think he's going to have a couple big games. And on the national spotlight, there's always one or two guys that are that just bounce up boards because of mm-hmm. March Madness. I think Kennedy Chandler is my pick because right now he's probably, it's probably borderline. Like, does he go back to school? Does he enter the draft? I think March Madness is going to get him into the draft solidly into the first round range, which I, I think he's a worthy first round pick. I'm not confident he's like a lottery top 20 type guy. 
Agreed. He, he's probably, I would say most boards have him like late first uh, is, is what I've seen so far. And I'm, I'm totally with you. That's why I want to talk about him on this episode, because I think it's a name people are going to hear that maybe they don't know. And if he goes and tears up Kirk Risa for Arizona or something, people are going to be, could sell themselves on, oh, he had a great game against Arizona and they're really good. And they won't really know that Kirk Risa can shoot himself out of any game by himself. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely see him as like a name that, that people are going to pay a little bit of attention to. And now that we just said that, they'll probably lose in the first round or something stupid because I'm, I'm really bad at making NCAA predictions on air and having them actually pay off. All right, uh, next game of the day, number five, Iowa takes on number 12, Richmond. It's at 3.10 p.m. Again, these are all Thursday games. And maybe the darling of college basketball right now over the last like couple of weeks is Keegan Murray. I think he's a name that people really weren't talking about for most of the year to the level they probably should. And to me, maybe they're talking about him just like a tiny bit more than they should at this point. Uh, he's averaging close to 24 points a game, eight and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, two blocks, 1.3 steals, only one turnover shoots about 41% from three on almost five attempts, decent free throw shooter to me. He's like a really good player and he'll be a pretty good pro. I just don't know like if he can, I don't know if you're going to take a guy somewhere between six and 12, there should at least be some glimmer to me of like, maybe he could pop. And I just don't know what like star Keegan Murray looks like. What, what What's your take on Murray? Yeah. So he was definitely one of the more interesting conversations we just had on our, on our last pod. I think the word for Murray is steady. Yeah. He is just, steady he mm-hmm. shoots he's gonna shoot i have no issues that he's gonna shoot Agreed. i don't think there's much versatility on the shot mm-hmm. people clipped he hit like one step back in that conference yeah. championship game not, not what you want from him yeah not not confident that's ever going to be a thing yeah. a lot of his self-creation stuff is in the post i don't think he's getting post-ups in the nba because yeah. it's mostly just he's bigger than he he plays the three for iowa most of the time and, and he's, he's bigger got, than he's the a four in the nba it's a mm-hmm. little tougher to do by the way i'm a sucker for guys with like really good post footwork and Murray has that. So like, I, I don't want to like disparage him because he's, I think he's really fun to watch. I just don't know if like, to your point, all of those things translate to like big NBA production. Yeah. He, I feel like he's a guy who gets away with being bigger and stronger at the college level. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to be bigger and stronger in the NBA, which that's not to say he's not going to be, he's not someone who's only bigger and stronger, but offensively, I don't think there's a ton of upside. I think he is, he is sort of the stereotypical three and D, but the D is, is pretty interesting. I think he is a really good low man in help. He gets blown by a lot on the perimeter. It's like you said, he's probably a four. I agree. I think he's a four in the NBA because I don't think he's super quick laterally, but the help stuff is awesome. He's a good vertical athlete and he has really good hands too. Uh, he'll, he'll kind of mess around down there and get some steals. So very good, solid prospect. He's, he reminds me a lot of Deandre Hunter. I think it's a, but I even think it's less, a reasonable comp. But. but even less of a handle, yeah. um, I think. So how probably less that athletic than Hunter, too. Different types of athletes for sure. Okay. Like like Hunter's the better lateral athlete Agreed. and open Keegan court Murray's speed. More explosive. Mm-hmm. More, but you know, yeah, vertically. Keegan Murray's more vertically explosive for sure. And he's a little bigger than Hunter. But that's sort of where I'm at. So it's sort of where do you value that? That's kind of up to you. He's definitely the most quote unquote safe prospect. I think mm-hmm. in this whole draft, just very, we're very few worries about what translates and what doesn't. I think you can plug him in and he's probably going to be a 10, 12 year starter 
that has its value, but where, what type of team that has its value for is, is an interesting question. There's like an ongoing sort of theme among wizards, Twitter specifically about like, Oh, I hope the wizards don't take another forward. We have so many forwards, which I personally think is idiotic. And I've said on the show multiple times is stupid. We're not in a place to like pick need, you know, necessarily or fit. I mean, it's nice if you can, but like we need good NBA players. And to me, as long as somebody that's not like noticeably better than him is still on the board or a slip, if the Wizards are picking 10 through 12 and Murray's available, like I would not be bummed out by that outcome whatsoever. Well, especially you mentioned sort of a lack of uh, point guards in this draft. I think that's very real. So, and and I think the Wizards do need probably a point guard above all else. Mm -hmm. Keegan Murray's not going to be that, but if there's not really one worthy of taking above him, I think Keegan Murray's uh, worthy. Before we move on, I did want to say Tyler Burton from Richmond, yeah. guy I really, really enjoy. I think in the second round, especially for a team like the Wizards that could just use some some wing depth, I think he is a uh, he's kind of like a poor man's Keegan Murray, but he shoots. Uh, his defense on the perimeter is better than Murray's, but his defense as a help guy is is much that's much good. worse. Yeah. But I, he's a guy I like. He's athletic. He shoots and he plays some defense. So a, a potential second round guy. So I was at the A10 tournament all week. He was a guy I was very much looking forward to. And the first game I saw him and he was very unimpressive. And I was like, oh man, like you know what I mean? Like when you get just a chance to see someone in person and they kind of underwhelm, it it sort of tempers your expectations. But he kind of got better as that run went along and was one of the main reasons they they kind of worked their way into a tournament spot, which is really cool to see. I think he can be a three in, in the league. Again, not like a super athlete, but for Wizards fans, he's like maybe slightly more wing version of Anthony Gill, like that kind of skill set of just like real solid, shoots a little bit, smart defender, not great or super explosive, but like not going to hurt you out there. So if we're talking like 50th pick or somehow undrafted on a two-way, like I'm, I'm all for somebody like that. All right. The next game on our slate here, again, this is not a person that will be available for the Wizards. I just want to mention it. We don't have to spend time on him, but number one, Gonzaga takes on number 16, Georgia State at 4.15 p.m. So if you live under a rock and you have not seen Chet Holmgren, this is your opportunity to do that. He's a beast. I don't think we need to say too much more about him. So we'll roll to the next game here in the evening. Number two, Kentucky takes on number 15, St. Peter's. That's at 7.10 p.m. Eastern time. This is one that will be particularly interesting for Wizards fans. Everybody here just loves Ty Ty Washington because he is the one point guard sort of in our general range. And so I think as a fan base, we've latched onto him. I, I don't want to be a Debbie down here because I, I'm not the biggest Ty Ty fan overall. I, I, don't, I don't hate it, but I wouldn't like reach on a point guard uh, given I think there are some, some better people available. Ty Ty averages uh, 13 a game. 13 points a game, three and a half rebounds, four assists, one and a half steals, one and a half turnovers. He's about 35% from three on three and a half attempts, 75% free throw shooter, which is solid. Uh, He's a freshman point guard, shooting guard, a little bit of both, but he will be like almost 21 on draft night, which I think is worth mentioning. Everybody thinks he's got like all this room to develop, but uh, you know, he's He's not that young, uh, all things considered, when you're a 20-some-year-old freshman, 20, 20 and change-year-old uh, freshman. Uh, you know, that, that does limit a little bit, I think, the, you know, the development upside. What, what's your take on Ty Ty so far, Bryce? 
Yeah, I'm a little lower on Tai Tai than than I think uh, Wizards fans probably are. Um, I just he is someone who doesn't get to the rim a ton. He's very reliant on pull up shooting, mm-hmm. and he struggles when he's guarded by someone more athletic than him. Uh, you know, he's he, he's I think he's listed at six three. He's like probably six one. Yeah. yeah, he's and he's skinny. Um, the defense is good, not great. He dies on screens a lot. And he just, he has been almost historically bad against good teams. If you look through his ESPN game log and you just pick out the games against good teams, it's almost always either really inefficient or he's just not scoring at all. Uh, And that's because he struggles to get to his shots against the more athletic defenders. Disclaimer, Uh, he was hurt in some of those matchups. There was an ankle issue that I think limited the burst a little bit. For sure, yes. But overall, even before the injury, I still agree with your your point there. Yeah, yeah. Um, He just, he's someone who I think is going to have to hit a high level threshold as a passer. And I'm not super confident in that. I think he's a good passer. Like he's Mm -hmm. probably a little better than like Kennedy Chandler, who we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a lot of pick and roll passes on lock. He has really good chemistry with, Oscar Shibway, who is a sort of NBA adjacent big. Um, he makes the simple kickouts, but again, he's a little more proactive as a passer than Chandler, but I, I don't think he is a super proactive passer and he doesn't manipulate the defense. It's an interesting one to me, I think, because, well, I mean, you've got like the prototype of a decent point guard here, right? Like he, he can pass a little bit. He shoots it at a reasonable level at the college level. He's got a six, nine wingspan, which is always, uh, you know, nice to have a little bit of length on the perimeter. He's pretty good in the pick and roll. Like he said, pretty good with the dribble pull up kind of stuff. Uh, he's got a really good floater and things like that. I think so. Like touch is always a good sign. It just worries me a little bit. He's not like a super athlete. Like you said, he doesn't get to the rim. The turnovers, like, you know, on a whole aren't like really high, but he goes through stretches where like, he just gets sloppy and kind of throws the ball away a couple times in a row or in big spots, which I don't love. And the shot just looks weird to me. Like it's sort of like out in front of his chest, like a push shot kind of. So I I don't know. He'll end up being really good again, because I've kind of publicly said, I don't think he's like top 10 pick worthy, but again, it's where will somebody take you? So if someone will take you top 10, you're worthy of top 10. And again, given the, the limited point guard options here, he's probably off the board by the time the wizards pick even realistically. Yeah, probably. I also think he's going to be an interesting exercise in like thresholds, like what level of shooter does he have to reach? Because there's certain things you know with him. He is he's never going to generate a lot of room pressure. He's not someone who I think is going to make huge athletic strides. Like we've kind of seen Trey Mann do this year. Like he's suddenly mm-hmm. throwing down lob dunks. Um, but he was someone who I thought maybe had the potential for some athletic improvement, maybe not to that level. But I just don't see that with Ty Ty again. You mentioned he's older. He's kind of a a finished product athletically. So it's going to be, you know, how smooth is that handle? How good is that touch? How good is that shot? Because if all those things hit, he probably is a starting caliber point guard. But if just one of those things is is a little subpar, I think you're going to be, I think he's going to struggle to be a a high-end starter in the league. And some context stuff. He's had to play off ball a little bit more than he probably should. Severe Wheeler can't do kind of the off ball stuff that Ty Ty can. So he kind of gets shoehorned into that two guard role for them sometimes. And the Kentucky guys mostly seem to pan out or overachieve. So there's always sort of that potential there as well. Just real quickly, 
Can Oscar Shibway be a productive player at the NBA level? The guy's the literal best rebounder I've ever seen. And people seem to rebound in college. They can rebound in the pros, but like, can he do anything else at the NBA level? I think that the question is going to be whether or not he can defend. Um, he's he's never going to be a good efficient offensive player who you do anything for other than some roles. But I, I don't think he's ever going to be even a high level role player, like role man uh, in the pick and roll because uh, he's not a great vertical athlete and he doesn't have great touch. The defense has its moments, but I think he's really inconsistent on that end. He sometimes looks like he's pretty mobile. And then other times he looks like his feet are in cement. He sometimes looks like he has, you know, uh, moments as a rim protector. I don't think that's going to translate. I think you're going to be betting on him to be a high level rebounder energy guy. And then you're, you're going to hope that he can move enough on the perimeter to sort of hedge screens and then, or, or switch a little bit, whatever that may be, bring him up to the level. If I were to bet on it, I would say, I probably don't think he's a productive NBA player, but he, he's probably worth a two-way, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just if he dominates the G League, then you'll then you'll know that he's he's at least a good enough athlete to survive at that level and could probably play in the NBA a little bit. I'm agreed. I think you give it a shot just because anybody that's that productive, there's at least a chance they can figure it out. And the guy like works hard as shit. So uh, I think that's always a good thing to have. Even if he's just pushing people in practice, that's still valuable, I think. All right, our last of our sort of noteworthy prospect um focused games uh, on the Thursday docket number one, Kansas uh, versus sort of TBD play in as of the time of this recording is at nine 57 PM. There's two guys here. I want to talk about real quick. One of them is sort of lottery caliber. The other one, not so much, but still worth talking about. I think the first one is Ochai Abaji, uh, the six, six wing, you know, I think sort of the three and D prototype here is what we're looking at. Somebody that's probably got close to a seven foot wingspan. Uh, he's 22 years old, which is, Honestly, not that old for a senior, you know, in today's NBA. Averages close to 20 points a game, five rebounds, uh, one and a half assists, two turnovers a game. This is a guy that I've kind of always loved as like a slasher defender, but he could never shoot it. And that's sort of what always, I think, held him back. This year, he's actually shooting it. He's 40% from three on about seven attempts, which is pretty good volume. He's close to an 80% free throw shooter. But for whatever reason, like I still just kind of don't buy the shooting. Where are you at with Ochai? So I I do buy the shooting. Okay, actually, uh, I think the strides she's made um, have been so so impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's a forty seven percent shooter. Yeah, but I think he can be a good NBA shooter if he's high thirties. Given the kind of athlete he is, that's enough for yeah. him to be like a meaningful NBA player. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think he can get there. Um, at NBA, Jeremy posted this awesome thread that was just sort of comparing what his shot looks like now versus mm-hmm. what his shot looked like his freshman year. And it's, it's really impressive. Um, he, he's definitely the test case for, you know, go back to college until mm-hmm. you improve to the certain level. Um, Cause he, he's been awesome this year. He is a, a very impressive vertical athlete. I mean, probably like, like Benedict Matherin mm-hmm. caliber uh, as just a vertical athlete. He yeah. can catch lobs. Um, he's not super bursty, I don't think, but he is fast yeah. and he'll get out in the open court and run. 
I think he uses uh, what he has pretty well. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. And he's, I think he's long too. I haven't checked his wingspan measurement, but I think he's long. I, what I saw online said 6'10". I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that's accurate mm-hmm. or not, but but he looks to be long. Yeah. He looks to be long and he's looked long when he was skinny and he looks long yep. now that he's put on some weight. So that makes me feel like there's nope. that's, no optical uh, illusions there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, he's someone who I, I really like. I don't, I don't know where I draft him yet. I haven't done my deep dive, but he's, I think he's a safe bet to be a productive NBA player. If he shoots at, you know, that 30 high thirties clip, because he just, he can cut, he's going to play defense. I think he can really get into guys at the point of attack and then make some plays in passing lanes. So I just, I I think he is a safe bet to be a really, really awesome off ball player on offense, a good defender where that's worth taking. it, It sort of depends, but probably around top 20 for me. I think this is uh, worth clarifying on my end. I said, it's the guy I don't really buy the shooting for. I guess what I would say is I'm still skeptical. Anytime somebody makes a big jump so much further into their career like that. But to your point, this isn't just, he suddenly more shots started to go down. Like this is, I put in work to change form and it's noticeably different. And he was at like high forties earlier in the year. And everyone was like, Oh my God, he's the best shooter in college basketball. You know, like there, there was some like, maybe too intense hype. And I think he's come back to earth a little bit here, but I would still take him one because everybody says he's a great dude too. He really works hard, obviously. And I think he just kind of like makes a team better. I don't know that I would take him at 10 though. So for, for me, if this is a trade back situation, you know, maybe he's this year's Chris Duarte of, of the old guys that can come in and, and be productive right away. The other guy on the Kansas team probably worth paying a little bit of attention to right now. Uh, Christian Brown. I still really don't really know what to make of Christian Brown. Again, 21 year old junior, 6'6, probably, I don't know, a 2 3 when it's all said and done. Averages about 15 points, six rebounds, which is really good. He is a good rebounder for the wing. Two and a half assists, close to one block, close to one steal, high 30, like 38% three point shooter on decent attempts, and like a mid 70s three point shooter. I, I think the pro here is that. He scores really well in transition. And the con here is that he only seems to score in transition. So like, I kind of don't know, uh, you know, there's plenty of transition opportunities in the NBA, so that's not a bad thing, but do you think Christian Brown can be on an impactful NBA NBA player? I guess. I think he's a very worthy second round bet in this class. I think your hope is that he can bulk up a little bit and play the three because he is a really good defender. I don't want to say surprisingly, because if we say surprisingly, it means because he's white. <laughs> We've stereotyped him. Yeah. But no, he's but, a really, he's a good athlete. Yeah. He is a, he is a very good athlete uh, and a, you know, Pat Connaughton-esque athlete, maybe. Yeah. Um, there have been and, some poster opportunities this year. Oh yeah. Like, let's oh, yeah. That way. He's thrown down some lobs too in transition, which is always fun. And his defense is really solid. Like on ball defense is really good for him. He's strong. Uh, he's another guy who I think is long uh, and he just, he can get into guys. He can, and he, he knows sort of, he knows where his weaknesses are as a defender. I think like he's not trying to get over screens, um, but he's good at recovering. I think he's someone who can be a good defender. Your hope is that the shot is real. Yeah. Well, he's so tough because he has moments where he looks like a really good shooter and moments where he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a good movement shooter and like a, kind of poor spot up shooter Mm -hmm. it's it's really weird i think it's something to do with his toes point weird when he shoots and it kind of his body is a little twisted i don't know that that's something that can be fixed but he's tailored more to shoot off the move um but he can't really dribble either i'll say like he's not a ball handler so you have to hope that he can be a 
good enough spot up shooter and a good enough defender, but his size, his athleticism and what he has shown as a shooter, you know, hitting some tough shots. I think he's a worthy second round guy, uh, probably even a little higher than where the wizards are projected to have their second round pick. I think he's probably a top 45 guy in this class. Yeah, I think that totally fits. Uh, The Connaughton comp is honestly like kind of reasonable. Like nobody wants Connaughton trying to break anybody down off the dribble, you know, like on on the perimeter, but he does like winning meaningful stuff for them. And I've heard two different players say this year that Christian like MF'ed them the whole time and was talking shit and like runs his mouth and it's like kind of a country accent. So like people couldn't even understand what he was saying, but they made out some four letter words in there. And I don't know, like I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Uh, so I think he's worth keeping an eye on Jalen Wilson on their team, uh, sort of not big on him personally, but could be an NBA player at some point. So, so worth keeping an eye on. All right, Bryce, I think that we're going to call that for episode one here, part one of our, our prospect profiles for, for day one of the NCAA tournament. Where can everybody find your work? Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. This was a blast. I'm already excited for part two, which we are recording right now, yep. but yeah, you can find me at Bryce Hendrick 14 on Twitter. Uh, I post a lot of draft stuff, a lot of WSU stuff too. That's where I'm a student and I write for uh, stuff for Kook center for about WSU basketball, but I try and get some college basketball and then some scheme stuff as a whole. Yep. So if you're trying to learn a bit about uh, sort of offensive schemes, I, I write a lot about that there. And then, uh, yeah, I, I host the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. We have a lot of fun there. And we just talked about some of the guys we talked about in this pod and that we're going to talk about in the next pod. So, uh, yeah, give that stuff a listen. It's I, I think it's good stuff. I do, too. Uh, that's why I was so happy to have you on, because you know these guys a lot more detailed uh, th- than I do. And, and you've put in the work to, like, speak from a position of knowledge, which I don't think everybody actually does. It's somebody watches a bunch of clips and says, this is my opinion. You're watching the good, the bad, and it's thorough. and uh, if you're not following Bryce, make sure to do this. I, I promise if you care about the NBA draft, it'll be worth the follow. So everybody sit tight and uh, we'll be here out, out in a day or two here with part two of our, our prospect breakdown. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done